Melissa, you're already standing up. Why don't you come stand right here? Melissa turned 38 years old yesterday. (laughs) March 3rd. And so we want to sing happy birthday from Soma. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right. I love my sister. Very instrumental in my life. Even through all the times I peed on her in the bed. We had a little party last night and we told some of those stories of uh, our bedwetting years. And it wasn't just one-sided. We both wet the bed up until... Why am I, why am I talking about... I wet, the be- I wet the bed on Tony, too. <laughs> the bad thing was, and I'll, I'll stop after this, is uh, I, had a, <laughs> I had a water bed when Tony would stay over. and I mean, Tony's been in my life since I was 10. And so uh, and I stopped wetting the bed when I was 20. <laughs> um, but he's been in my life since I was 10, so he's, he's a brother, and Part of that initiation is I, I had a water bed, and when he would stay over, he, he would sleep in the same bed, and I would naturally wet the bed. And he weighed more than I did, so it was. So it, it all went down to his side. And he says he would always, he would always like, oh, Marvin. And, and I would just, well, I, I wouldn't even get out of bed. Happy birthday to you, Melissa. Yeah, we had a good little party last night. So if you would turn with me uh, in the Bible to the book of Jude. That's the book right before Revelation. Revelation's right before those cool maps that are always at the back of the Bible. You guys glad for the the maps that are at the back of the Bible? That's how we learn geography in America. I was a geography minor uh, in school, and so I, I know how much people don't know about geography. That's, that's for sure. I've seen the girls in geography class when they're talking about rivers in uh, Eastern Europe. That's, a, that's a, not a pretty thing. They, they, they are lost. <laughs> Most of the guys, too. But uh, we're in the book of Jude. Um, we're going to start in verse 17 through 19. If you would stand with me while we read, I'll do a little Tony this morning. I won't have you lifted up, but yeah, you got it in your hands. Good job. Jude's only one chapter, so it's easy. Verse 17, and I'll be reading out of the New Living, says this, But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ told you, that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to enjoy themselves in every evil way imaginable. Now they are here, and they are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They live by natural instinct because they do not have God's Spirit living in them. Lord, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your word, Lord, that pierces our heart, Lord, that divides joint and marrow. We pray that your word would come forth, not with wise and eloquent words this morning, but with power and authority, God. Lord, may your Holy Spirit come into to me and into the lives of each person here, Lord, and flood our hearts. Lord, we need heaven to touch earth in our lives today, God. Lord, we are desperate from you, Lord. There is a, there is a darkness that has been rising on this earth, Lord, that, that, Lord, you are showing us. You are giving a blueprint how to stay away from, but not 
not just stay away from God, but Lord, but to raise up a light in the midst that is going to be even stronger, God. So may you rise up a light inside of us today and may your word be the foundation of that today, God. So Lord, may you instill and install the word, your word, God, in our hearts today, God. I pray this over all of this. Everyone said, amen. Amen. So Jude in this book, and Tony's mentioned, this is, this is the last, uh, this is the last sermon on the book of Jude. And Jude has alluded to these guys, these, these men, these wayward men, two or three times already in this book. And Tony's mentioned this in the past. And, um, and so right here, what we just read, Jude is bringing these guys back up again. And he says, remember the apostles teaching. Okay, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this particular part because we're going to get into some other things. But this is what I want you to remember about what we just said. This is the teaching point. Jude is saying through the Holy Spirit, remember these guys, but focus on this. Remember these guys, but focus on this. And I was thinking about that this week, and I liken it to... If any of you have ever played sports at a higher level, like varsity sports in high school or Nick, I've already done it. I've, I've brought up sports. I, I always bring up sports when, I, when I'm talking, when I'm, when I'm preaching. So that reminds me of a very short rabbit trail here. There was a preacher who I used to sit under in, in college ministry, and you could be guaranteed he was a phenomenal preacher, but he'd talk about two things. One are his, uh, his muscle cars, his American muscle cars, and two was how much he didn't like Oprah Winfrey. Every time, didn't matter what he was talking about, he would, he would always bring those, bring those things up. But I liken this, what Jude is saying here is, remember these guys, but don't focus on them. He's saying, these guys are not the point. These guys aren't the point of what I'm telling you, even though I brought them up several times, they're, they're not the point. And so this is like in sports, when you get up to that varsity level, the high school, college, pro, um, they're scouting reports. So your coaches of your team, they will go and they'll scout the other team. You guys heard about this? Am I, am I the only one? No. There's, so scouting reports. They go scout the other teams and they take notes. Uh, they write down uh, what the team's good at, what they're not got good at, uh, player profiles, what each player's good at, what they're not good at, the focus of the team and, and what the team is all about. But any good coach, where's Ben at? There you go, Ben. Ben, raise your hand right there. He was... Another side story. Ben is, is becoming a good friend of mine, but we were rivals in playing basketball when we were growing up. Played against each other our whole life and knew each other through basketball, but never knew each other personally. And 12 years later now, he brings us together in church to serve the Lord together. Really, really cool story. It's cool, Ben, serving the Lord with you, Ben. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, any good coach, any good program, they will tell you what the other team's about and what they're doing, but they'll say this at the end. But if we focus on who we are and what we're supposed to do, what we're about, if we execute our game plan and do the things you know how to do, if you will play hard, if you will play smart, you don't have to worry about the other guys. And this is what we're about to get into with this message. Jude is saying, remember these guys, be aware of them, but they're not the focus. The Lord is going to take care of them. Is that clear? All right, we're going to move on. So we're going into Jude 20 and 21. Jude verse 20 and 21 says this, but you dear friends must continue to build your lives on the foundation of your holy faith and continue to pray as you are directed by the Holy Spirit. Live in such a way that God's love can bless you as you wait for the eternal life 
that our Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy is going to give you. This is the first point, and what he's saying here is we have to take a look inward. So he's saying, remember those guys, focus on you. The first part of focusing on you is we have to look inward. What we have to know when we look inward is that we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. You are responsible for your own spiritual growth. Responsibility is a dying thing. With each passing generation, it, we, don't, we don't like it as much, but yet it's, it's more and more important. We are responsible for our own spiritual growth. And the thing that, that stood out to me in this passage, he says, we must continue to build our lives on the foundation of our holy faith. And a lot of times in the past when I've, I've thought about uh, building, I've thought about the builder's tools, like a carpenter, a construction worker, the, the tools that they use. Uh, but this time the Lord was saying, no, no, I don't want you to focus on the tools. I want, I'm asking you, what does a carpenter look like? When he's at his job, when a construction worker's at his job, what does he look like? And uh, I began to just think on it. And the things he gave me were, it's like when a, when a construction and carpenter worker are at the job, they, they think like a construction worker and a carpenter. He said that they, they talk, they talk about the job like a construction worker or a carpenter. They smell like a construction site. You guys know what I'm saying? They smell like, like their job, what they're building, they smell like it. And they, they're even, at, that Lord was sharing this way, they are covered in the site. And I was thinking about Chris, you working on the oil rigs and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You, you get done, or even while you're there, you got stuff behind your ears. You don't need hair stuff because it, it just forms for you. You know, you get it in your hair. It's in the, the one I've always noticed is in your nails, you know, and you can't. They have that new orange stuff, you know, that's gritty soap. That doesn't even get it all off. I mean, it's all, you're covered in the dust of your job. And, and the Lord was saying, that's to be us. When we are responsible for our own spiritual walk, we're to be covered in the dust of Jesus. We are responsible for building our own walk with the Lord. And the Lord likens building and, uh, and, and the gospels to uh, uh, building a house on either sand or a, on the rock, a solid foundation. And so what he convicted me with is, Marvin, where are you at as a builder of your faith? Where are you at? And I want to ask you to ask yourself that this morning. Where are you at as a builder of your faith? He showed me a couple of things there. He said, I think there's people here that have started, who started building and they have a solid foundation and they've gone away from building and they're no longer building anymore. They're, they're wayward. There's those who, are, who have built a solid foundation and they're, and they're going on with the Lord, but they're not in a revived place. They need renewal. They need encouragement. They need strength. Maybe that's you. Or, or maybe uh, there's some in here who've looked at starting a foundation. They've looked at starting to build and, and thought about it and, and talked about it, but they've never started to, to build on that foundation. They've never started a relationship with the Lord. But you just at, evaluate yourself right now. Take a little inventory and just ask, where are you with that? Are you covered in the grit and the grime and the dust 
of Jesus? Are you covered in the dust of Jesus Christ? Are you building? Have you started your foundation? Are you moving forward? Violently moving forward, advancing with the kingdom of God. Where are you with that? Where are you in your journey? Where are you in your walk? When I was 19, I really just dove into Jesus. I, I surrendered my heart and, and committed everything I was to him. And, and there were four things that the Lord turned me on to really quickly when I just consecrated myself, gave it all to the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, moving forward with him. One was John Bevere and his teachings. The other was delirious, delirious's worship. The other was fasting. And the other was early morning prayer. So when I started, when I really turned on to the Lord, it was still the cassette tapes. So I had the John Bevere cassette tapes. But anywhere I went, it was John Bevere. Fear of the Lord, dealing with offenses, all these things. Anything I could do to get the word of God inside of me, and mainly through John Bevere at that time, man, it was in, it was in the cassette, CD player, whatever, TV. I was, I was digesting all the stuff, the word of God. Delirious, always seeking the presence of the Lord passionately with the worship songs. Did you feel the mountains tremble? Amen. <laughs> And so it was like I, I dove into those things, and, and, then, and then fasting came along. Fasting's a little trickier. <laughs> so I, I jumped into fasting my first time. I credit Elias Reyes with this, one of our overseeing elders. He said, oh, yeah. He said, jump into fasting. He told me about it. He's like, you do it. You start. He's like, do a three-day liquid fast. Don't eat anything. I'm like, yeah. You know, just passion, just going for it. That was a Tuesday morning. Tuesday evening. I was telling God things I did not know could come out of my mouth. I was dialoguing with God, crying out for mercy like I was Jesus on the cross at that time, like I was being persecuted. And so I was getting any type of liquid. You know, you have the thoughts like, if, can I mince up that sirloin and those potatoes and get that liquid drink? You, you, ha- you guys been there? You, you have those thoughts and you just, you, you know, you're trying to get any type of liquids inside of you. And then I heard that Gatorade, it's sugar, so it makes you more hungry. And so I just like, man, it's not going to win. I'm just giving it all up. And so it, it was rough. And then I get to Friday morning and Leah's like, all right, you're done. We're going to go to Cracker Barrel and break it. Now I haven't eaten anything for three days. I sit down at like 730 in the morning at Cracker Barrel and I eat so many biscuits. I, I seriously can't count them. And then I eat eggs and bacon and everything else that comes along. I was constipated for almost two weeks. If, if you fast, if you fast, please don't break it on Cracker Barrel's biscuits, okay? I'm serious. It is, it is, a, it is a cork. <laughs> I'll move on. This, is, this isn't about fasting. Early morning prayer. This is something I learned from John Bevere's teachings. Early morning prayer. So I'm listening to him just digesting all of John Bevere's teachings. And it's so good and it's transforming my life. And he starts talking about early morning prayer. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I'm going to get into this early morning prayer. I'm radical. I'm, I'm on fire. I'm going for this. I'm building my house. You guys follow me? I'm building my house. I'm going for the Lord. And uh, he says, this is what you got to do if it's hard for you. It's like, you got you to fill up a glass of water. 16 ounce glass of water. It's like just squeeze a whole lemon into it and then put that sucker in the microwave and get it hot. He's like, and then when it comes out, you down that thing. He said, you won't have one problem staying awake early in the morning. You guys ever tried anything like that? Tell you this, if you down a hot glass of lemon water early in the morning, you will be awake. I promise you that much. And so if you want an early morning prayer, 
You just do that, all right? Because it will get you through the early morning prayer. I never did it again after the first time because I almost vomited. I'm serious. It was, it was terrible. But these are the things. That, what, I'm, what I'm telling you here is the, is the dust. I was covering myself in the dust of Jesus. Amen. So practically, how does that play out? How does that play out? This is how it plays out. Read, pray, listen, worship, repeat. Read, pray, listen, worship, repeat. If you want to be covered in the dust of Jesus, if you want to continue to build your house in the foundation and move forward in the journey of God, if you want renewal to happen in your life, if you want heaven to touch earth in your life, read, pray, listen, worship, repeat. You are responsible for your own spiritual growth. It's not my responsibility. It's not Vance's responsibility. It's not Tony's responsibility. It's not Sean and the worship team's responsibility. We're shepherds and we can help. We encourage, we edify, we build up and all those things. But you are responsible. There will come a day where we all stand before the Lord and we will stand before the Lord by ourselves. You don't stand before the Lord with your wife or husband. You don't stand before the Lord with your family, your friends. You stand before the Lord and give account by yourself. We are responsible. Cover yourself in the dust of Jesus. Get it deep in your nails. Get it behind your ears. Get it in your hair. Go for it with everything you have. You will not be disappointed. Amen? Amen. You are responsible. Look inward. This is what Jude's saying here. Look inward. Focus on yourself. There is a time where where you can do that. Focus on yourself. Second thing he says here, this is Jude 22 and 23. Let's read it. Show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. There are still others to whom you need to show mercy, but be careful that you aren't contaminated by their sins. What he's saying here is you've got to look outward. The first thing is look inward. The second thing is look outward. We can't just sit back and watch people die. We can't just sit back and watch people die. Jude right here, he gives three different descriptions of of people and where they're at. And I want you to take notes on this because it's important because we all have these people in our life, okay? The The first group of people he's talking about is those who have wavering faith. Those who have wavering faith. Those around you have wavering faith. And this is what we need to do. We have to show them compassion and provide accountability. Those people whose faith is wavering, we've got to show them compassion. We have to show them love. And we have to provide tight accountability. These are the people you need to be texting. You need to be calling. You need to have coffee time. You need to uh, have them over for, for lunch, for dinner, praying together, all of these things, showing them compassion, but providing tied accountability to those whose faith is wavering. You guys understand what I'm saying? That's the first group he alludes to, okay? Second group is those who have lost their faith. Those who have, who have lost their faith, we are to confront strongly with truth, confront strongly with the word of God, but do so in love. People who have lost their faith It's not your wise counsel or your experience or anything about you that is going to cause a revolution, a change, a repentance in their life. You have 
to bring the word in front of them. You have to give them scripture that goes right to dividing joint and marrow and let them see it. This is what God is saying. This is what Jesus is saying in the past, today, and forever. You've got to show them the word, but you've got to do it in love. I'm not saying throw the word down their throat. I'm saying give them the word in your love that you care for them. I'm saying have them over for dinner. Feed them. Love on them. Show them the word. Show them the word and be the word to them. Amen. This last group Jude is pointing to is those who are indulging in sin. Who, these are those who they don't want anything to do with Christ or the kingdom of God right now. They are in opposition. They are against the kingdom. They, they are anti-Christ at this place in us. I'm not saying they're the anti-Christ, but with their actions, where they're going, they are, they are anti-Christ with what they're doing and his kingdom and progression, all, all of those things. And this is what we have to do with these people. We have to show love and mercy while upholding your character and purity. You have to show these people love and mercy. Don't defriend these people unless the Lord tells you to, because with these people, he could be telling you to do that, to, to have a little separation of time uh, 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 for, for your friendship. But don't defriend them. Continue to befriend them. Show them love and mercy while upholding your character and purity. With these people, you need to hang out with them in the right places. You need to have the right conversations with these people. You need to uphold the highest level of character and purity before them. Amen? This is, this is a blueprint for people, and we all, we all have coworkers, people around us in our life, friends, family, who, who fall into these three categories. And this is how we are, we are to handle them. Please take notes on this. Get this into your system. Operate by this with, with, those, with those who are around you. Look outward. We can't just sit back and watch people die. I got a call this week from my good friend, Andrew Taylor, who lives in Dallas. Andrew's been a friend for a long time. He works at Office Depot, and he was telling me a story. Um, he, he's worked there for about a year, and he's telling me a story about this guy who came in a couple of months ago. It's uh, uh, a coworker of his, and this guy was just a complete loner. Didn't want to have anything to do with uh, anyone. Uh, wouldn't talk to anyone. And uh, Andrew's kind of curious how he even got the job. And so Andrew is a guy full of God's love, full, full of God's compassion and grace and mercy. And, and so Andrew just started making small talk with him as they were working at Office Depot. I mean, nothing serious, talking about life, culture, whatever, you know. And uh, that continued to, you know, increase. And uh, Andrew could tell that the guy was, uh, uh, you know, kind of liked him and maybe wanted to be his friend. So Andrew's like, hey, man, you go get some lunch sometime. And I was like, yeah, get some lunch. And so Andrew began to, they began to hang out over lunch and dinner and things like that. And, and Andrew slowly began to introduce uh, uh, the Lord to him, um, but not in a way of introducing to him, but just sharing what the Lord's done in his life through how he's redeemed uh, things in his life, friendships and, and family members and things like that. And this, this guy's just still distant, but, but taking it all in. And uh, then he said they had a lunch um, appointment at, at Applebee's. This was, I think, two weeks ago. And they were eating lunch, and Andrew was, was sharing his, some stories. And, um, and they both just began, it, he said it both, they both began to get real emotional. 
And um, the story that Andrew was sharing um, really touched his heart. And the guy said, man, that, that was me. That was me. He said, I, I, I've, I haven't had much to do with the church. He said, because when I was younger, I was, I was really hurt by people who, who called themselves Christians. So I've, I've wanted nothing to do with Christianity. He said, you've, you've shown me something authentic. You've shown me something real. You've taken time uh, to, to invest and to, and to love, love on me. And, and he said, Andrew was telling me in the Applebee, Applebee's booth, they were both just weeping. And uh, he said, I think a week later, so this was a week ago, he was out in the parking lot, I believe, of Office Depot. Um, he said, man, Andrew, he said, there's just something so different about you. And, and he said, I think from what you're telling me, it's Jesus, and I want to give my life to Jesus. He gets, got saved right there in the Office Depot parking lot. <laughs> give Andrew and the Lord a round of applause. Seriously. To hit this point home a little bit harder, I, I want us to watch a, it's a five-minute video, um, and this video is about William Booth, who's the founder of the Salvation Army, and the original, the original um, vision that he had for starting the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army now looks a lot different than what its original intents and purposes were and what was connected to his heart. But I think in this video, you'll see it, it, it illustrates real clearly society nowadays. It depicts society. It depicts the church. Um, and I think you'll get a clear understanding of what Jude is talking about here of looking outward. We can't just sit back and watch people die. So Rex, if you'll ro- roll that for me. I had a vision. I saw a dark and stormy ocean. In that ocean, I thought I saw multitudes of poor human beings plunging and floating and shouting and shrieking, cursing and struggling and drowning. And out of this dark, angry ocean, I saw a mighty rock that rose up with its summit towering high above the stormy seas. And all around the base of the rock, I saw a vast platform. And on this platform, I saw with delight a number of the poor wretches continually climbing out of the angry ocean. And I saw that some of those who were already safe on the platform were fervently helping the poor creatures still in the angry waters to reach safety. But something puzzled me. Although they had all been rescued at one time or another from the ocean, nearly everyone seemed to have forgotten all about it. Anyway, the memory of its darkness and danger no longer troubled them. And what was equally strange and perplexing to me was that most of these people did not seem to have any care, that is, any agonizing care, about the poor perishing ones who were struggling and drowning right before their eyes. But then I saw something wonderful. I saw a great being from above come straight from his palace, right through the dark clouds. And he leapt right into the raging sea among the drowning people. And there I saw him toiling to rescue them until the sweat of his great anguish ran down in blood. And he was continually crying to those already rescued, to those whom he had helped with his own bleeding hands, to come and help him in the painful and laborious task of saving the lost. 
But the strangest thing of all was that those on the platform to whom he called were so taken up with their trades and professions and money-saving and pleasures and families and community and gatherings and religions and arguments about it that they did not respond to the cry that came to them from this wonderful being who had himself by his spirit gone down into the sea. And so the multitude went on struggling and shrieking and drowning in the darkness. And then I saw something that seemed stranger than anything that had happened before in this very strange vision. Those whom this wonderful being cried out to to come and help him in his difficult task were always praying and crying to him to come to them. Some wanted him to come and stay with them and spend his time and strength in making them happier. Others wanted him to come and take away various doubts and misgivings they had concerning the truth of some letters which he had written them. Others wanted him to come and make them feel more secure on the rock, so secure that they would be totally sure they would never slip off again. They used to meet and get as close to the rock as they could, and looking towards the mainland where they thought the great being was, they would cry out, come to us, come and help us. But all this time, he was down among the poor drowning creatures, crying to them in a hoarse voice, come to me, come and help me. And then I understood it all. It was plain enough. That sea was the ocean of life, the sea of real, actual human existence. Those multitudes of people struggling in the stormy sea were the billions of sinners from every race, language, and nation. That great sheltering rock was Calvary, the place of the cross. And the people on it were those who had been rescued from sin and hell and who professed to be followers of Jesus Christ. That mighty being who called to them from the tempest was the Son of God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is still struggling to save the dying multitudes about us from this terrible doom of damnation, and whose voice can be heard above the music and machinery and noise of life, calling on the rescued to come and help him save the world. My friends in Christ, you are rescued from the waters. You are on the rock. Jesus is in the dark sea, calling on you to come and help him. Will you go? When we're really moved with emotion and revelation and understanding like that, it's, I think it's important a lot of times to apply, apply very practical applications to where we're at in life. And all of us have people around us who are in that ocean who need us. We all have people around us who need us. Chris and I were just talking about it last night out on the oil field. What a, what a place. God has positioned him to honor him with there.
two things the Lord showed me about, about this. And when we're moved, when our souls are moved for the lost and, and for what Jesus' soul is moved for. One is we've got to ask God to show us those around, around us that need him right now. We've got to ask him. We've got to dialogue with God about those people. We've got to ask, Lord, show me. If there's not people around me, show me. If there's not people around me, bring them around me. If you want me to go to them, go, go to Walmart. I always talk about Walmart because that's the place where I go and I'm praying, looking for people to talk to. You got to ask God about it. Ask God to show you the people. The second thing is you got to take the time to minister to the people. You got to take time to minister to the people. You got to take time in Walmart. You got to take time at your job. You got to take time at the restaurant or wherever you're at. You've got to take the time to let the Lord work. Ask God and then take the time. We can't afford to just sit back and watch people die. Amen. If we don't do it, no one will. (laughs) It's real simple when it comes to the Bible and talking about this. If we don't do it, no one does. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We're the workers. We have to be about the Father's business. Chris might work in the oil field. And that might be his business. But the, his father has business on the oil field that he's wanting to take care of too. You can, all of us can apply that to wherever we work, whatever we're doing. Amen. The third thing Jude looks at and winding down and wrapping up this, this book is, First, it says, look inward. Second, look outward. And the last thing is to look upward. And this is Jude 24 and 25. You can put the scripture up there. Jude 24 and 25. And I wanted to end this way. If we could stand up. Just closing today. For all of this, guys, for looking inward and as you evaluate and take inventory on your life, as you build yourself up in your holy faith, you need to be honest with where you're at. Did you start building and leave it? Are you, are, you, are you building and continuing on, but you need renewal? You need revival? Are you just thinking about building? You're thinking about starting Simple with Jesus, but you're not real sure yet? You need to be real honest with yourself about those things and before the Lord. Talk with other people about it who can help you out. We all need to talk with people. I'm not, I'm not saying you, me. I've got to talk with people about it. Tony's got to talk with people about it. We've got to take inventory. You're responsible. Look inward, look outward. Can't just sit back and watch people die. That's got to end. That's got to change. We, we can't do that anymore. We've got to be proactive. We've got to return to the origins of this video, to the original vision of William, William Booth, the Salvation Army. Salvation Army isn't about Thanksgiving Day and the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, and Red Kettleballs. That was the origins of the Salvation Army right there. That was his vision spoken out. To do all of this, we have to look upward. We, have to, we are in a day and age where we have to look upward, where literally heaven has to meet earth where we're at. 
Heaven has to kiss earth where we're at. We have to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, so in tune and so ready because we have a worthy adversary. He's not the focus, but we have a worthy adversary. So the Bible says you got to remember them, but you got to focus on this, that we have an almighty God who's already won. He's already won. He's already won that soul of, of that uh, guy at Office Depot. He's already winning the souls of those in the water. He's already won. He accomplished it on the cross, but we have to continue to connect with him. We have to continue to call down heaven that, uh, and echo Jesus' prayer. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. We've got to have the supernatural hand of God upon us today. You guys hear what I'm saying? We have got to have the supernatural hand of God. It's not natural programs and, and teachings that are, going to, that are going to cut it anymore. We've got to have the supernatural power of God in our life. I'm talking about prophecy. I'm talking about words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I'm talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about laying hands on people. I'm talking about healings, signs, and wonders. Jesus said, you will do even more than what we did. You will do even more. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to do that. We have to look upward. We have to call down heaven. So I want us to say this together. If you would read it with me. And now, all glory to God, who is able to keep you from stumbling and who will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of sin and with great joy. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes, Glory, majesty, power, and authority belong to him in the beginning, now, and forevermore. Amen. I want us to declare it as a body this morning. I want us to declare this. I I want you to begin to just pray in your spirit right now. Just begin to thank the Lord. Begin to stir yourself in the spirit. Thank you, Lord. And I want us to declare this out into the streets of Tyler I want to declare it into the highways and byways over your lost family members, over your lost friends, over those who need healing and a touch from God, those who need something supernatural. If you know someone in your life right now who needs something supernatural, raise your hand. That's right. All of us do. And I want us to declare this to to those people. Declare it with all of your might. And now, all glory to God who is able to keep you from stumbling and who will bring you into his glorious presence, innocent of sin and with great joy. All glory to him who alone is God our Savior. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, glory, majesty, power, and authority belong to him. In the beginning, now, and forevermore. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord.